This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Monday, February 13th, 2023, the 754th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'm your moderator.substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free on a wide variety of podcast platforms. And of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. One other small note about the distribution of the podcast. So I noticed this morning, and some of you may have noticed before right now, but it seems that my podcast distributor for the show that goes out free on the wide range of platforms, Acast, has started inserting some sort of woke social justice commercial 
at the beginning of my show every episode. So I'm trying to get that sorted out. If I can't get it sorted out, I'm going to have to change podcast distribution options. And so there might be a hiccup in the free show at some point. On Substack, the show is going to go up as normal all the time, and it will become free on Substack as normal all the time. Hopefully I can have Substack distribute it to the other platforms and everything will just work out fine. That would be great. But if it doesn't, you can always get the show when I release it on Substack as a paid member, or you can get it in the exact same place a day and a half later as an unpaid member. Okay. So if for some reason you see the podcast distribution get messed up and you're not seeing the show there, just go to the Substack. It's going to be there. And the podcast and articles are free on the exact same timeline that they open up for free on the other platforms. I personally think it's best to have Substack as your default for where you listen to the show in the first place, but do what you're comfortable with. If you're not aware, Substack has the option if you are a paid subscriber or even if you are a free subscriber, you can get the RSS feed Search it in your favorite podcast app, add the RSS feed as a show you're subscribed to, and that will populate your feed with my show every day. You can also download an app called Substack Reader, which allows you to see all the new content from the people you follow on Substack, the articles that pop up and the podcasts that I put out and that others put out. It all goes right there, and Substack Reader has a convenient and uh, sleek and easy podcast listener right in that app. So just a heads up, because I'm going to have to do something to make sure that Acast is not broadcasting regime wokeness on my podcast and distributing that to my listeners. At that point, they're just blatantly exploiting me and my listenership, and that is infuriating. I think I would honestly rather be censored than for someone to use my show as a vehicle to deliver communist propaganda to my audience. That's what the Super Bowl is for, and we're going to discuss the Super Bowl in just a bit. But first, let's discuss the increase in the number of sky circles that are spawning above the United States and elsewhere. As I was wrapping up the podcast on Friday afternoon, we began to get news about how the illegitimate Biden administration had immediately jumped into action and destroyed a brand new sky circle over Alaska. They found out that a sky circle had breached American airspace and they immediately took all possible steps to bring down the sky circle before it could travel across the entire nation and do surveillance or whatever else before eventually destroying it over our other ocean. And it's nice that they took it out immediately this time. Of course, the last time they told us they didn't take it out immediately so that they could study it as it traversed the country and that it wasn't possible to take the sky circle down any sooner. But that response kind of embarrassed the illegitimate administration 
because nobody was really buying their story about what had actually happened. So the administration looked silly and looked weak and powerless and incompetent. And to prove that none of that was true, they took immediate action this time. And then we got news of another sky circle emerging over Canada and Justin Trudeau apparently ordered that sky circle to be destroyed. And then American planes went and destroyed the sky circle. And now Canada is taking over on recovering the pieces of the sky circle. And eventually we're going to be told what all of this is. And if you're saying, Hey, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't really sound like a detailed, well put together understanding of what's happening. You'd be right. I don't think anyone has a detailed and well put together understanding of what's happening right now. Just yesterday, there was another incident, this one over Lake Huron. Airspace was closed in Michigan, and we were told another unidentified object in the sky was taken down. Although this one apparently wasn't a sky circle. This one was a sky octagon, and you don't want to misshapeify a sky circle by calling it round when it's in octagon, because that's very offensive. And some have even called it octophobic. And I do not want to be accused of that. So I want to make very clear that some of these sky circles are circles and some of these sky circles are octagons. Now we're being told that all of these sky circles are appearing based on enhancements to radar technology. So they were all there. It's just that we can see them now. And now that we see them, well, we have to send planes out and shoot them. Here's CNN's little blurb on our radar capabilities. The White House said Monday that recent, quote unquote, enhanced radar capabilities may partially explain why more objects have been detected in the U.S. airspace. Oh, so it's only a partial explanation. It's not the full explanation. Well, if it's not the full explanation, then what you're saying is there really are more objects, right? Because otherwise you would be saying we put this whole new radar system into place. And now this radar being as sensitive as it is, is detecting all of these sky circles that we just weren't aware of before. And you see, the thing is, that should make you feel safe. It turns out there aren't more sky circles. It's just that before we couldn't detect them. Now that we can detect them, we can see how dangerous they are and how they need to be shot down immediately. Even though last week we let it, you know, complete its entire mission before doing that. Feel safe, America. The illegitimate administration has it under control. John Kirby, National Security Council coordinator for strategic communications, explained during a White House press briefing that since the Chinese balloon programs, quote, recent incursion into our airspace, the United States and Canada through NORAD have been more closely scrutinizing that airspace, including enhancing our radar capabilities. And I guess we're just going to have to assume that's true for some reason. The White House official said that it's difficult for radar to pick up small objects, including one the size of the Chinese balloon on radar, and that there are also non-military objects that are used in U.S. airspace for scientific purposes. He also added, because we have not been able to definitively assess what these most recent objects are, we acted out of an abundance of caution 
to protect the security, our security, our interests and flight safety. What a pro. So they don't know what any of this stuff is, but they've decided, unlike the object that entered our airspace a little over two weeks ago, in this case, it's better to shoot the sky circles out of the sky immediately rather than figure out what they are. But hey, there's always the possibility that they're lying about the entire thing and none of it's even happening. And they're just telling us something to take the heat off the illegitimate Biden administration for handling the first sky circle so poorly. Now, the mainstream media has just been allowing the idea that we are being beset by a swarm of alien aircraft to just linger in the public consciousness. They're asking the question. That's all they're doing. When we ask questions, by the way, we are conspiracy theorists. When they ask questions, they're just asking questions. Could these sky circles be aliens? Hey, we're just asking questions. My friend Patrick Gunnels tweeted out the other day that it's going to feel very strange being called a conspiracy theorist for being the one who says, hey, those aren't aliens. And I agree and actually added on especially by people who are still pretending that masks worked. And also from CNN, here is the official story on the three different incidents. All three objects looked different, according to two U.S. officials. One official said they were approximately the same size. Two officials said none of the three objects were believed to have had propulsion, though the wreckage still needs to be examined to be sure. I'm not able to categorize how they stay aloft. It could be a gaseous type of balloon inside a structure, or it could be some type of propulsion system. But clearly, they're able to stay aloft. NORAD Commander General Glenn Van Herc said Sunday. Multiple officials said the objects shot down in Alaska and over Canada were believed to have had payloads, meaning that something is being carried by the object. Here's what we now know about the objects. Off the coast of northern Alaska, it was described as a metallic object that broke into several pieces when it impacted the sea ice, according to multiple U.S. officials. That suggests it may have had some sort of structure to it, but officials won't know for sure until the object is recovered. And for sure it will be. And I'm sure that we'll get a report in the very near future about exactly what this was, except probably not. Over Lake Huron. CNN reported on Sunday that the most recent object shot down over Lake Huron was octagonal in shape with strings hanging off and no discernible payload, according to a senior administration official. It was traveling at 20,000 feet when it was shot down, the Pentagon said Sunday. Over northern Canada, the object shot down over the Yukon Territory in Canada appeared to be a balloon with a metal payload hanging underneath, according to the officials. The object was also traveling at 40,000 feet. Canadian Defense Minister Anita Anand said on Saturday. She went on to describe the object as a cylindrical object, smaller than the Chinese surveillance balloon that was downed off the coast of South Carolina one week earlier. The preliminary descriptions of the object's appearances underscore the difficulty for administration officials in identifying their purpose or origin. Officials have been at a loss to say what the objects could be, and the preliminary descriptions have not lent any more clarity. So what are we left with here? Our military apparently doesn't know what these things are. Do you believe that? Yes or no? I think that's highly unlikely. I think people certainly do know what these things are. 
but we are not being told by the illegitimate administration or any of the TV generals. And I know this sounds kind of hard to believe, but at some point, you at least have to toy with the idea that the illegitimate administration is not getting proper intelligence, probably because all of them are involved in crimes against America. But yes, that's speculation, and you can call it a conspiracy theory if you like. I'm just saying that for a legitimate American president to consistently know so little about what is going on anywhere with the military that he ostensibly commands is a little strange. Which military event that we have witnessed during the time under the illegitimate administration has given anyone reason to believe that they actually do know what's going on around the world. Certainly the Ukraine incident gives no credence to that idea. The disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan gives no credence to that idea. A sky circle floating all the way across the country only to be taken out after it finishes its mission lends no credence to that idea. They've been wrong in virtually all of their public statements about anything involving Russia and Ukraine. They have lied directly about the Nord Stream pipeline, and it seems like they may well be the responsible party for destroying it in the first place. But it's starting to seem like they are legitimately just out of the loop on all of this stuff. Have a listen to this. Here's John Kirby this morning on Morning Joe. I continue to share as much information with the American people as we can as we learn more about uh, these objects. Um, the truth is that we haven't been able to gain access to the three that were shot down Friday, Saturday, and yesterday, uh, in large part because of the weather conditions. And, and the third one yesterday was shot down over Lake Huron, so it's underwater. So we're going to do everything we can to recover them. And as soon as we do that, we'll learn more about them, and we will absolutely share what we can learn with the American people hour or two, the foreign ministry there has accused the United States since the start of 2022 of flying balloons uh, 10 different times over Chinese airspace. Can you uh, respond to that accusation? Not true. Not doing it. Just absolutely not true. So the U.S., let me just push you a little further then. So the U.S. is not using these balloons technologies at all over China? That is right. We are not flying balloons uh, over China. That is absolutely true. Okay. And then lastly, then, just as will there be, will that viewpoint be expressed directly to Beijing beyond here on the friendly confines of Morning Joe? Uh, when, when do the next conversation start between Washington and Beijing over a matter that's clearly inflaming tensions between the two countries? Well, two points there, Jonathan. First of all, we still have diplomatic relations with China. We still have an embassy there. It's not like all communications between us and the PRC have shut down. Obviously, there are certain vehicles like military to military vehicles, which are not open to us right now. And that's unfortunate. Uh, but we do have the ability to communicate directly with the uh, Chinese leaders. And we have uh, in private settings about our concerns over that uh, that spy balloon. He just essentially indicated that they have no real way of communicating with the PRC. They don't have the military to military vehicle. Well, what happened to that? I thought there was a very close relationship between Mark Milley and his Chinese counterparts who Milley had called so that China would know they weren't going to let Donald Trump do anything crazy right at the end of his first term. But they don't have those direct means of communication. So now they just have private side conversations. 
We know Joe Biden hasn't visited Ukraine. We know he's not talking to Putin. And now there's not really a direct line of communication from the illegitimate and fake president to Xi Jinping. I thought that Joe had all this experience with Xi. Joe always speaks confidently about his relationship with Xi. They go back so many years. She knows where Biden's coming from. Do you remember Biden last week screaming about Xi at the State of the Union? Name one world leader who would trade places with Xi. Name one. Name one. He screamed at all of the Republicans and apparently all of us, too. But the embarrassment for this regime continues. They're being made to look like clowns. They can't even keep their policy consistent or their stories consistent. Every justification they gave for delaying the decision to take the sky circle down a week and a half ago was proven false in their reaction to this one. They still don't sound like they have any idea what's going on. Is it just too dangerous to tell the people about? You can tell us that you've shot these things out of the sky and won't tell us why. Well, that's Awfully strange, especially when you're allowing the idea to linger that these might be alien spacecrafts. Now, there is certainly a level to which this is nothing more than a distraction, particularly with the way it's being handled. Obsessing over this issue makes no sense because the answers aren't really available. The takeaway is as it's been for the last two weeks. The administration looks feckless, incompetent, and generally clueless. It's not just in their actions, it's in their words. Everything they do seems to reinforce the idea that they have no clue what's going on. The fake president hasn't come out to say anything. Karine Jean-Pierre can't fully deny that it's aliens. And John Kirby, who's like the military spokesman for the illegitimate regime, Sounds like he's repeating the news back to the news. Cash Patel joined Steve Bannon on War Room this morning to sort some of this stuff out and made a few interesting comments. So I think it's worth playing. Here it is. The head of NORAD, uh, a four star general, also, I think, head of Northern Command, right? NORAD reports him Northern Command. Northern Command basically has uh, his he's a combatant commander and they have uh, responsibility for the continental United States, for in, in Alaska, they have they are responsible for the defense of this country as a combatant commander. He says yesterday on the Lake Huron situation, which looks like it might have been from Montana to Michigan to Lake Huron, they he said that they could not rule out this being an alien uh, aircraft uh, or uh, you know something he would not say is either CCP Russian or something normal. Is that you were chief of staff in the in the Defense Department um, under President Trump? Is that highly unusual for a four-star NORAD Northern Command commander whose specific responsibility is the military defense of the homeland to actually say, "I can't rule out uh, aliens, sir"? Hey, Steve, it's great to be with you, and you set it up beautifully. Look, as the guy who was chief of staff at DOD, Van Herc used to work for me. I know the guy. And you're right. North, North, Northcom is responsible for the geographic territorial territory that is the United States of America and North America. 
And for the military's leader at NORTHCOM to come out and say, we are talk maybe talking about space aliens, is the most hyperbolic statement that a military uniformed officer could make. And one that he no doubt made in conjunction with the White House so that the internet and the media could set itself ablaze talking about aliens. The only thing we should be talking about is China, the CCP, and Russia, and what they've been doing to our country and in terms of intelligence intrusion operations since Joe Biden took over. That is the one glaring thing that his deputy didn't talk about. Of course, he didn't say, well, no, no, I don't think it's all from China or Russia. That's exactly where it's coming from. And it's very telling, Steve, that you have John Kirby from the White House saying explicitly, I think they're going to they're gonna eat their words, that we have no coverage over CCP, mainland China, and Russia. Now, Cash's record of saying that I think they're going to eat their words has been rock solid so far, particularly with all the document stuff following the Mar-a-Lago raid. And then when the great document extravaganza began for Joe Biden, Cash has said repeatedly, they're going to find more. They're going to find more. And they keep finding more. In fact, they just found more in Boston. But that story was barely noticed because, of course, we have the sky circle thing. And by the way, just a word on these distractions. Yes, they may be distractions. It doesn't mean that they're zero percent important. The best way to know that it's a distraction and to move on from that distraction is to try to figure out what's actually going on. Get all the perspectives, then place it into its proper context. And at that point, you can know. Yes, this is a distraction. This is what it's distracting from. This is what the distraction is designed to do. And here's how much attention we need to allot for the sky circle thing. You can't just ignore it and say this is a distraction when everyone else is talking about the same thing, because that's not going to stop people from being distracted. Sometimes you just have to address these things, try to put them into some context and then move on. But back to Cash Patel. He goes on to discuss what is being called a domain awareness gap. It is Pentagon created verbiage to say we are retroactively covering our hides because this White House has screwed up the military operations of this country so much that what they want to do is say, oh, no, this was happening in the Trump administration. No, the difference is these countries, Russia and China, would never do this in the Trump administration because they know we would take them out. In this administration, the Biden administration, they don't care. So what do they come up with this clever verbiage, domain awareness gap? What do they somehow go through the intelligence again retroactively and say, oh, actually, there's a picture of the UFO that we should have seen, but we didn't see. It's an absurdity, and this is what happens when you weaponize and politicize the national security apparatus of our country. And when you have four-star generals, and of course the likes of Mark Milley and company, going out and theorizing about what they could have done in the past, about things that maybe happened, we now know how far our DOD has fallen from protecting America and how much of a political tool it has become. It might as well be just another extension of the White House and Joe Biden and John Kirby telling us more lies. So the issue itself may feel like a distraction, and it is on some level a psyop. We are being fed tons of disinformation. It's impossible to know which parts at this point are real. But the ultimate takeaway is not a distraction. This story is important because it's illustrating something very clear for the American public, and that's that this administration 
has no clue what's going on and cannot be trusted to protect American interests. Let's imagine that each one of these objects in the sky, for lack of a better term, since we cannot be provided a better term, apparently, we started with Chinese weather balloon. Now we're just talking about objects, which isn't really any more technical a term than sky circles, which I made up. But let's say these things were actually threatening in a real way. Would the administration be responding any differently? Would their actions be more decisive? Would their communications be more on point? Would their viewpoint be more informed? I don't think that it would be. And the kind of unsettling truth is, maybe these are a more serious threat that's not being handled. Now, I doubt that to be the case, but if it was, the administration has given no indication that they're capable of handling it. Now, there's been talk for years, maybe decades, about some impending alien distraction and talk of events described by Project Bluebeam where there's a display of an alien invasion and all of a sudden the world's armies have to unite in order to stave off the alien threat. And all of this does sound rather ridiculous, but look where we are as a society. We were told that there was a respiratory virus out there and in response, we shut down our society, wore masks that don't work, And we bullied people into staying at least six feet away from us. We've been told we need climate lockdowns. Last year, New York City released a public service announcement, a little commercial, saying that in the case of a nuclear attack, what you needed to do was go inside, stay inside, and watch the media on your television. At this point, I would not be surprised. For them to claim that we are having some sort of problem with UFOs and the best thing for everyone to do is stay inside. They're basically going to follow the COVID playbook, but for UFOs, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Fauci gets on TV and tells us that actually UFOs should be thought of as really big viruses. And there is a lot to distract from. Things are not going well. You would think that the Super Bowl in itself would be enough of a distraction, but maybe people are not so tuned in as they used to be, or maybe they just don't want anyone looking at anything. So you figure a weekend of sky circles that might be aliens and a Super Bowl would get the job done. So let's go from potential distractions with some sort of larger takeaway to just blatant bread and circuses and gladiator spectacles as we had yesterday with the Super Bowl. But before we talk about that, I want to discuss something that I think I've probably mentioned on the podcast before, and that is the fourth wall. So in television and in movies, for years and years and years, one thing that almost never happened would be the breaking of the fourth wall. The breaking of the fourth wall is when a character is speaking directly to the camera. Normally, we perceive what we're seeing on the TV as being similar to what we would see on a stage. These are people going about their scripted activities, telling us a story, but they're kind of in their own world. 
And their world is the world of the fiction, the story they're telling. And we have our world where we're watching them on TV. Breaking the fourth wall is those characters talking directly to us through that medium. So now, rather than watching them go about their lives in this fictional world, they're talking to us as if they're in some sort of communication with us. Now, that's what's common for a news broadcast, for instance, but it's not common for scripted television or for movies. So for many years, if we were watching the news or if we were watching the Tonight Show or some other kind of variety show, one of those old uh, band shows or one of those dance shows, we have a host who we perceive as part of our reality, talking directly to the audience, and it feels communal in a different way than it feels when we're just watching the Terminator on the big screen or on our television. And because our perception says we are both operating in the same reality, we are inclined to believe that what's happening on TV is part of that shared reality and in some sense more real than what's happening in a television show or in a movie. But over the years, that's changed quite a lot. This breaking of the fourth wall is something that's a lot more common now. I remember back four or five years ago, there was a show, I believe on Showtime called House of Lies, where Don Cheadle would often just speak directly to the audience, look right in the camera and speak directly to the audience. And it's a little unnerving, a little unsettling. That's why it's not used a lot, because the character is the character, the audience is the audience, and they're not really crossing on a plane of reality. Sometimes the effect works better than other times. What have we seen, though, in the last 20 years that has broken the fourth wall completely? Well, I would say that's reality television. Reality television is almost entirely scripted. People don't realize that. People think that what we are seeing is some kind of documentary where only the good parts are kept and those are the ones shown on TV. But that's not true. The scenarios are scripted and the people on reality shows, they're actual lives do intersect with the reality broadcast on their show, but they're not the same thing. And an unusual result of that shift in dynamic is that people actually think they have a relationship with the people on these reality shows. Like they imagine they would be friends with Kim Kardashian, for instance, that they're in some sort of conversation where Kim's the only one doing the talking. And people begin to imagine that they are part of the drama that's occurring on screen, that these are actual friends, and then they'll get together with their real life friends and gossip about what their other pretend friends are doing on the television. And they will want to make their lives exactly like the lives of their imaginary friends on the TV. And they want to buy all the same things and live in all the same places Go to the same restaurants, get your nails done in the same way, get all the same plastic surgeries, and it goes on and on and on. You feel like there's some sort of friendship there, even though there's not. So reality television kind of comes out of nowhere. It becomes this new phenomenon. Now the fourth wall is completely broken. And then in response to that, we begin getting scripted content that breaks the fourth wall and acts similar to reality television or a documentary as if the thing that's being displayed is part of reality. 
That was basically the filming style of the show, The Office, created by Ricky Gervais and then the knockoff in the United States or movies like The Blair Witch Project or District 9 that were filmed in that mockumentary style where they kind of give the illusion of extra reality compared to what we were used to watching where the fourth wall was never broken. And once these things have all been properly messed up in people's minds where they have a harder time discerning how to interact with what they're seeing, how to react emotionally to what they're seeing, because what they're seeing is some version of quasi realism that wasn't so confusing before, which brings us to the cable news. If you're a person who is continually addicted to the central narrative and to mainstream culture, you might come home from work. Just kidding. You work from home. You might order your dinner from Uber Eats, and then you might turn CNN on and watch Don Lemon for a little bit or Chris Cuomo. And I know that they're not there in the evening anymore. I understand. But just go with me here. One of them is your guy. You feel a kinship with Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon as Cuomo hands off at the end of his show to Don Lemon and they pretend to be all buddy buddy for a little while and then they'll host New Year's Eve and the viewers think oh you know Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo they're just nice guys they're the kind of guys we would want to hang out with they pretend to have an understanding of these people as people and rather than building trust with an audience based on consistency in principles and analysis and morality, trust is now built on whether or not you can form a bond with the audience and the audience bringing in their experience of watching reality television way too much is happy to go along with that and think that the people on TV really have their best interests at heart. And that's what they're doing. They're just a bunch of smart people whose success in journalism has put them in a place where they get to go on television and tell the country what's happening. And people will believe them because they feel like they're friends. They feel like their political goals are aligned and political goals basically are a proxy for morality at this point. So they feel like they're being talked to by one of their peers. And because the cable news is so moralizing, it's so petty, it's so gossipy, they're also happy to participate in the team identification process that viewing entertainment like this is bound to elicit. Now, you might say all of this is just fine. This is just how things are. People can figure these things out for themselves. And to a large extent, that's right. Or at least it would have been right. Once you have an emotional and tribal connection to the people on television who are describing what they say is reality for you and you are a normal person dealing with total information overload, you'll be more inclined to believe that you are being told the truth. Now, I've talked about this, I think, a bunch of times on the podcast by now. But what's on television is a commercial for the false reality. Now, it might intersect our observable empirical reality in many ways, but it is still designed to, it exists to, construct a false reality for the audience. I said before, 
we don't have any actual proof that these new sky circles or sky octagons or objects are real. I'm not saying they're not real because I have absolutely no reason to say that right now. But we also have no reason to just assume that they are real. All we have is reports of this reality and reports that the reality was resolved by planes taking off and shooting down these objects that may or may not be reality. Let's even give it the benefit of the doubt and say that it is. There were objects. They were shot down by planes. Okay, let's just assume that's real for now to assure ourselves that what we are seeing is reality. We turn on CNN or MSNBC or Fox, depending on what kind of normie we are. And what we see is another commercial for the false reality. CNN exists to describe a reality to its audience that benefits the owners of CNN. CNN does not have some duty to tell the public what's really happening. That is a myth. That is a lie. We should have never, ever at any point believed that about the news. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know, back in my day with uh, Ted Koppel and Walter Cronkite, back then we just knew that the news was the news and no one questioned it because we all knew it was true. No, no one questioned it because you all believed that it was true, not because it was true. And we can certainly go back through the history of mainstream television news in America to find out that the news has not been true. Wasn't true about Kennedy. Wasn't true about Nixon. Wasn't true about Vietnam. Wasn't true about the Challenger disaster. Wasn't true about weapons of mass destruction in the Iraq war in Afghanistan. And hey, you know what else? They might have got a few things wrong about 9-11 too. So we have decades and decades of the news being wrong almost all the time, but we tell ourselves it was better back then when the anchors had true gravitas, but it wasn't better back then. Maybe the people at those organizations were more responsible than they are now, though I kind of doubt it. They were doing the work of political interests and corporate interests and global interests, just as they're doing now. Now it's more blatant. Now it's more pervasive. Now we don't have a culture of people who all believe the one thing the television is showing them across all channels, imagining that all of that is just reality that we all share in. But there's no reason to give more credit to the news from back then. And I know a lot of people will disagree with me. Eventually, I think you probably won't. But what we have is a case where we are shown through certain channels, a version of reality, the version where there are sky circles everywhere, but no worries. Military planes are up there. Military planes are taking down the sky circles. Very decisive action by the illegitimate president, Joe Biden. He has saved us all. Nothing to worry about. It's such a small worry that the fake president doesn't even have to come out and address it to assure ourselves that that commercial for reality is correct. We look to CNN and we watch another commercial for reality, which itself has commercials to build up more of that narrative reality. CNN gets done talking about how the sky circles are very real. There's no reason to suspect that they're aliens. And then they move on to a segment about the 
vaccine safety and effectiveness. And then they go to a commercial. And during their commercials, you hear about various pharmaceuticals sponsored by Pfizer. And all of that assures us that reality as they have constructed it is true. Now, I talked last week about the public's perception of itself and how that's constructed for us. And Joe Scarborough attempted to do that by talking about the results of our elections that we know to be fraudulent and about the results of polls, while knowing that polls are not required to reflect reality in any way. But there's a more subtle way that our reality is constructed for us by the television and by the mainstream culture. And it's through these common cultural events, like the Super Bowl, where it is expected that a very large portion of the country is experiencing some version of the same thing at the same time. They are watching a commercial for reality play out on the television. That's the football game and everything that surrounds the football game. The game is the real part, or at least it's mostly real. And that's basically the spoonful of sugar that helps the propaganda go down. And the rest of what we see in these mass cultural events is propaganda. It was propaganda before the game even started. We had the NFL parading DeMar Hamlin around all weekend or whatever they're saying is DeMar Hamlin right now. And he was wearing a jacket that said eternal on the back over an image of what has to be Jesus Christ on a cross with his face all messed up and like spirals for eyes, a very strange, ugly, and potentially offensive image. But the NFL wants everyone talking about it naturally because they want everybody to know that DeMar Hamlin is the most alive person who has ever existed. The front of his jacket said, Without end or beginning, there is no day and no night. But apparently the jacket is not offensive and instead it's just really fashionable. It is a Takashi Murakami Travis Jesus jacket worth $3,600 apparently. Or more accurately, it costs $3,600. It's only worth as much as any jacket that keeps you equally warm is worth. And it could be potentially worth less than that because even people who are pretty cold would probably not want to put this jacket on. But hey, the takeaway is Damar Hamlin is definitely alive. So then they had a rendition of the Black National Anthem sung alongside our actual National Anthem. And you might be thinking to yourself, what is the Black National Anthem? And that's a good question. Because there is not a black national anthem. We only have one national anthem. But as they revise and rewrite our history and culture in real time, it was decided a few years ago that now there is a black national anthem. And so we must also sing that. This is not an accident. It's not meant to solve racism. It is meant to erode the common understanding of our culture. And this is a constant process for them. We know that this is part of a system designed to produce the results it produces. It's not a conspiracy theory. They're not trying to solve racism. They're only trying to erode culture and create division. 
You can imagine if they get far enough along in this process, they will figure out how the Star Spangled Banner is actually really offensive and they'll get rid of the Star Spangled Banner. Tell us that the black national anthem is actually the unifying national anthem. We should prefer that one. And in either case, that's going to be the national anthem going forward. Marxists love this stuff because this is how they acquire power. Now, I didn't really care about the results of the game. I don't care about the Chiefs. I don't care about the Eagles. If you're a Chiefs fan, I hope you're very happy with the results. If you're an Eagles fan, hey, better luck next time. But I watched the game. I watched the entire broadcast because I wanted to see what the regime wanted to tell us about ourselves. Remember, the corporations, by and large, that are advertising during the Super Bowl, the NFL itself, all its sponsors, all its corporate partners, all its charitable partners, everything that surrounds that, all of those organizations are tied into the global regime. Many of them are formal partners of the World Economic Forum, and you can see them listed as partners on the World Economic Forum website. We know a handful of corporations own the entire media. All of those corporations are similarly partners with all the rest, and they are all trying to create a reality that Americans will understand themselves to be a part of. They want to participate. They want to be involved. And so they will do and believe and say and buy all the things they are told to believe and do and say and buy. And at this point, with the culture kind of atomizing to some extent, there are fewer opportunities for mass cultural events. The Oscars don't work. The Grammys don't work. The Golden Globes don't work. People have tuned these out, partly because they are so unimportant. And many of us have realized that over time as kind of the programming and the brainwashing drops away. But they're also not that entertaining because the spoonful of sugar, the game you get to watch, the movie you get to watch, no longer works for getting the medicine down and the people don't want the medicine. They don't want the propaganda. So they tune the whole thing out completely. The Super Bowl is their best bet to create a common cultural experience and disseminate a common cultural narrative. 20 years ago, the commercials during the Super Bowl were what a lot of people got enjoyment out of. They were creative and funny and clever and people would Talk about the commercials the next day as much as they would talk about the game. You remember the Budweiser frogs or the E-Trade baby who they brought back yesterday? But now the commercials are on a whole new level. The commercials almost all feature some famous actor or musician or athlete, like real, real famous. There was a time where if you were doing commercials in Hollywood, people would look down their noses at you because that's not serious acting. There was a time where it was kind of embarrassing to be a commercial actor. It was basically on par with being a soap opera actor. And I'm not bringing this up to insult people, by the way. I have friends that are commercial actors. I have friends that are soap opera actors. And they're talented people who just want to work and be able to make a living doing what they enjoy. That's a motivation for a lot of people in Hollywood. There are plenty out there who want to get rich and famous and will do anything, absolutely anything to get there. But a lot of people out there, that 
motivation kind of goes away after a few years of auditioning and actually working in the industry. And they just decide this is something I really like and I would like to make a living doing this. And I'll put up with a certain range of bullshit in order to do it, just like anyone else does at their job. But things have changed completely on that perspective. And now it is totally normal to see some of the most famous actors on the planet acting in commercials. One of the first commercials I noticed yesterday was an ad for Dunkin' Donuts where Ben Affleck is pretending to be the cashier at a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru and wondering why people aren't really recognizing him. Ooh, it's very clever. And then Jennifer Lopez pulls up in her car because she's getting her order from the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru and she looks at Ben Affleck and you're like, oh, aren't these people in a relationship or married? Haven't they been married before? How does this Ben and Jen thing still continue? And you get it. That's the humor. It's very clever. What an ad makes me want to run right out and get Dunkin' Donuts. But also what in the world are these people doing? These are very rich, very famous people. What's the excuse here? They needed the money? I mean, that can't be it, can it? Why is Ben Affleck acting in a commercial for Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, it's because they're just like the rest of us now. They're just normal people going about their lives in this commercial. And thank goodness we've already become friends with them. So we're basically all the same, right? I mean, sure, they're rich and famous. And almost every single actor who was in a Super Bowl commercial yesterday has been pitching nothing but communist propaganda for the last three years, whether it's about COVID or BLM or anything else. But besides that, they're just like us. And hey, they got offered some good money. And who are they to turn down $250,000 to film a 30 second commercial? And yeah, that's a lot of money to scoff at. But legitimately not for these people, especially while shedding the mystique of the actor as an artist. It is just very depressing to see the level of sellout here. But let's look through these commercials because I really was watching this game yesterday to observe what our culture was telling us about this. So I was taking notes on the commercials. I probably watched about 10 plays of the game, to be honest. So we had, after Ben Affleck did Dunkin' Donuts, we had Anna Ferris naked advertising avocados, okay? We had Serena Williams, the tennis star, advertising Remy Martin Cavassier, Bradley Cooper in a commercial for T-Mobile, and was that his mom in the commercial? It looked like Barbara Streisand, but I'm told it's his mom. Alicia Silverstone or some computer graphically enhanced version of her doing a commercial for something called Rakuten, where she is basically reprising her role from Clueless. Because, of course, every commercial has to not only communicate to the young and hip people watching, but it also has to spark nostalgia in those of us who have seen 20 Super Bowls or 30 Super Bowls or whatever by now. They had Ben Stiller doing a commercial for Pepsi, wondering about whether anything at all was real. And that was its own kind of special trip. And then there was a web version with Steve Martin. Now, Ben Stiller and Steve Martin have been great entertainers over the years. I'm sure 
Most of the people in my audience have enjoyed them both very much. Well, here they are now. Hey, I'm actor Ben Stiller. And I'm better actor Steve Martin. What? Well, you're a comic actor. That's not really acting. Okay, you couldn't act your way out of a paper bag. Oh, you couldn't act your way into the paper bag that I was acting in. That makes no sense. Well, oh, so now we're making sense. <laughs> Over actor. Under actor. Sell out. You're doing a commercial. So are you. Pepsi Zero Sugar. Tastes great. Screw you. No, screw you. Ah, man, they're just palling around as friends and ribbing each other, just like we would be if we were there with them, too. Sylvester Stallone did a commercial for Paramount Plus with what looked like Ray Liotta, and he's not even alive. I don't know what was happening there. Serena Williams was on again for a Michelob Ultra commercial, if I saw that right. There was like a party on the golf course that was annoying the old white man. And of course, the old white man in this instance is the star of HBO's succession, Brian Cox. So you're basically importing the role he plays on television into a commercial where he's mad that black people are partying while he's trying to play golf. Nice commercial. The star of the new Star Wars series, Adam Driver, was in a commercial for Squarespace talking about how Squarespace is a website that makes other websites as if it self reproduces. And that's bringing us closer to the singularity. That's honestly what the commercial was about. That's just advertising the technocracy directly to us and saying, hey, don't worry. We already showed you the future is awesome. Puff Daddy, or as he's now known, Diddy, must have taken a break from convincing Kanye West not to talk about the Jews anymore. And he got himself a big Super Bowl commercial where there were cameos by other people. He was sitting in the studio being tended to in every way, like the mogul he is, and just making decisions about the terrible music that was being sung in front of him. But you got to remember, despite the fact that he was trying to threaten Kanye West into silence, he's still one of our good buddies as a famous person. And so he deserves a Super Bowl commercial and that big payoff. Apparently, Amy Schumer did something. I missed that. So sad. Maya Rudolph was helping rebrand M&Ms after their whole woke thing kind of collapsed. You had John Hamm from Mad Men and Brie Larson, both famous, reputable actors doing a commercial for mayonnaise with Pete Davidson. You had Elton John and Missy Elliott in a Doritos commercial about how someone had become a star by playing the triangle like ding, 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 that triangle. You know, because Doritos are triangle shaped. And during the commercial, a news announcer pops into the commercial to say that the triangle will replace the British pound. I'm sure there's nothing more to that than just, you know, the little triangle and the British pound and just a clever joke. If you worry about things like symbolism, it's probably because you're a conspiracy theorist and crazy. The Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl, who was a massive spokesman for the vaccines, who made it so that Foo Fighters shows could only be attended with proof of vaccination. And then not too long after that, they lost their drummer. Taylor Hawkins, we were told because of drugs. But Dave Grohl got his own commercial where he spent the entire time telling us that all these things we think are American were actually invented in Canada, like hockey and basketball and football. And then, of course, also Crown Royal. But 
Of course, what the commercial is saying is, hey, I know these things have become all American. They're kind of part of Americana. But you know what? They're actually Canadian. So, hey, Americans, take that. You thought you were watching an American event? Nope. Global event. Congratulations. Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston did some commercial for like snack popcorn where they were reprising their roles in Breaking Bad. And 20 years ago, that would have been the most embarrassing possible outcome for either of them after doing that show. But now it's just a nice payoff. And the truth is, there's nothing that could be more embarrassing for Aaron Paul than the commercial he did about racism a few years ago, where he and other famous actors in a very dour black and white informed the public that they take responsibility for all of the racism in the country, which, of course, they don't participate in. They're just trying to model good behavior for people at home so that they're not racist and they will outwardly take responsibility for other people's racism as well. That's just how you self-identify as not racist. You ask other people to take responsibility for the racism. You had Paul Stanley and Ozzy Osbourne and Billy Idol doing a commercial for some business application called Workday about the definition of rock star and who should be called a rock star. Melissa McCarthy advertised some travel site where you can just go off into paradise whenever you want because it's so easy. You just go online. John Travolta and the cast of Scrubs did a song and dance number for T-Mobile. Martha Stewart and Tony Romo joined Snoop Dogg. And then there was a commercial where some spherical, unidentified flying object flew over a city, and it was a commercial for an upcoming performance by U2. Bono from U2 was at the State of the Union last week, sitting next to Paul Pelosi. And you might also remember that Bono took U2's guitar player, The Edge, to Kiev last year to do a performance in a subway station because that was the only way it would be safe. They had to go underground, you know, because Kiev was a war zone. It was safe enough to bring Bono there and get them in and set up the whole performance and the camera crew and then invite guests and all of that and have it well lit and stuff. But otherwise, it was a complete and total war zone. And Bono always pops up in places like that the same way Sean Penn does, same way Ben Stiller often does. It's almost like they're all intelligence assets and just not telling anyone. But hey, who cares, right? You can't just show Americans commercials anymore. You got to show them commercials with celebrities because now between the reality television, the breaking of the fourth wall, we feel like we have a commonality with these people. They're our friends. We have a real relationship that works two ways, even though, you know, it only works that one way. And of course, there's social media where they show us what's going on in their lives the whole time. And that's very real. And they say something and we can write a comment back and we assume that they're actually reading it and not their social media managers, because, again, we don't know how anything works. But in doing that, we feel like we are actually having a relationship with these people. So to get us to watch all of these commercials 
to enhance the spoonful of sugar. Well, now we have to litter it with all of the regime's favorite useful idiots and propagandists. And that's what all of these people are. And they're not just selling us products. They're selling us ideas about how our reality can be if we just play along in the right way. Look at all of these options for you. They are all going to make you so happy. Do you want to have the biggest website in the world? Well, you're almost all the way there. The only step you're missing is signing up to Squarespace. You want to escape your real life all the time? Well, just go on whatever travel site Melissa McCarthy recommends and book a trip. And boom, paradise. And hey, who knows? Maybe the next time you drive through at the Dunkin' Donuts, it could be an A-list movie star handing you your coffee and your donuts. But the world building within the false reality didn't end there. They advertised the technocracy just right out there. Talked about how people were living with their parents in the metaverse. So your parents have a house in the metaverse and you live at your parents' house in the metaverse. That was the commercial with the E-Trade babies. And naturally, the entire display is the future utopia sure to be created in the world of scientific materialism and our material obsessed culture, they advertised an app called Timu, where you could buy other people's used clothes through an app. And that's fine. I think that that's a great idea. And I'm, I hope it provides value to people in the world. But behind that was a song that was saying shop like a billionaire. That's right. You're going to buy someone's used clothes on an app, and that is shopping like a billionaire. So the key here is pretending you're rich, I guess. To be clear, billionaires don't usually buy people's used clothes on the internet. There was a commercial for the upcoming Flash movie, which looks like a huge dose of predictive programming. There's this massive disaster in the future because people's actions had altered the future. And that was a big mistake. You see, you don't want your actions to send anything off course. There's just the one course and that course is perfect. And it actually continued to get more deranged and more based in the false reality. There was a TurboTax commercial that said, don't do your taxes let an expert do it so you can watch the game so that you can maybe go dance in front of a fountain if you want. The best thing to do with your taxes is trust an expert and then do whatever the expert says. Even though the top line message was don't do your taxes. That's kind of an odd message. I wonder what they're saying there. After an NFL season full of commercials from the pharma companies, there was only one last night. For a company called Vanda Pharmaceuticals, a drug for motion sickness, that was it. There was a commercial for a new reality show called Farmer Wants a Wife, where like they do in Yellowstone, they are pitching the idea that country life is glorious. And by the way, it is in many respects. The problem is who they're pitching it to. 
People obsessed with Yellowstone now all want to move to Montana. They want to move out to the country. They imagine that they are going to be ranchers. <laughs> no kidding, man. I swear every Yellowstone fan I have ever talked to thinks that they are a few steps away from becoming a rancher themselves as if it's just easy. They're just relaxing on their ranch and everything just happens. Don't do your ranching. Let an expert do it. And while the expert is doing all your ranching, you just go sit at the little cafes in the small towns that are just blossoming up like so many weeds. Oh, how happy the ranching community is that millennial yuppies are beginning to understand the glory of Montana. There was a commercial for a Ben Affleck and Matt Damon movie that's coming out called Air about how a man named Sonny Vaccaro brought Michael Jordan and Nike together. And if any company needs some PR and some additional glorification right now, it's probably Nike. But forget about all those issues about the production of Nike apparel in China. Let's just focus on how much we love Michael Jordan and sneakers. Disney attempted a bit of its own rebranding yesterday with a commercial full of nostalgia about Disney's storied history and how much we've all loved Disney throughout our lives. Disney basically reimagined itself as itself, but more specifically, the Disney before everybody realized that they're kind of just grooming children and pushing woke race and gender narratives from a self-governed tax haven in Florida with underground tunnels and a cruise business. And speaking of cruise businesses, we got a cruise business commercial from Virgin, Richard Branson's company. And there's no problems anywhere with Richard Branson. So we might as well make his cruise line look glorious. There were two commercials yesterday for one for a movie, one for a TV show. Both of them mentioned Nazis directly. The ad for the new Indiana Jones movie, because of course he's fighting Nazis and the movie is definitely not going to attempt to confuse anyone about who the Nazis are or what Nazis did and who supported them. And the same thing with this new show accused on Fox. And I am sure that they will be totally accurate in describing who the real Nazis are as they always are. And we can trust them to do that because, of course, they never, ever lie to us, particularly not about Nazis and definitely, definitely not about the actual Nazis in Ukraine, who all of these corporations and production companies and actors are combined in supporting. But the most bizarre advertising of the entire event may have come from the streaming company Tubi that had humans dressed up as rabbits, big furry rabbit costumes, kind of like, you know, furry fetish costumes almost. And they were kidnapping humans and chucking them into a hole in the earth where they would then be exposed to all of Tubi's content as it's streaming. And the entire idea was to encourage you to go down these rabbit holes on Tubi. Now, don't go down rabbit holes on research. Don't even attempt to figure out what's actually going on in the world. And why would you need to? We are showing you what's going on in the world right now here in this football game. 
if you feel like you need to go down a rabbit hole, go down a rabbit hole of entertainment content that has been produced somewhere between 50 years ago and five years ago and is now the sort of content that you can show for free on a streaming service supported by, you guessed it, more commercials. You see, it's just not good enough anymore to show commercials where you talk about your product and how useful your product might be in someone's life and talk about how your product is, for instance, made in America. The only old school style commercial in the entire broadcast yesterday was for WeatherTech, who, as I understand it, actually makes good products. But the rest of it was just the opening and the selling, the delivery, the propagandizing of a totally false reality. We were told that what matters is fame and popularity, materialism, vacation, technology, and the future. And I would be remiss in my summary of this collective derangement if I did not mention Rihanna's performance at halftime. Now, the performance itself was kind of unremarkable. I don't like Rihanna. I don't hate Rihanna. I think she's fine. I think she's better than Beyonce, to be perfectly honest. And I hope that somebody gets mad at me saying that and defends Beyonce as if Beyonce is, in fact, your BFF and Beyonce is nothing but a positive force in the world. But the performance is kind of normal based on the standards we've seen recently. The weekend's performance at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, Sam Smith's performance the other night at the Grammys. This was a little more subdued. It was basically just Rihanna in this red outfit. It was like this red jacket over this red latex thing. And the jacket opened in kind of an oval split across the upper half of her body as though one layer were opening to the next. And I don't know if it was before Rihanna was grabbing her crotch or after, but I thought to myself, hey, that kind of looks like a vagina. Her outfit looks like a vagina. And it turns out that all of her dancers looked like they were little white sperm dancing around in hazmat suits. Like, I'm sorry, but that really is what it looked like. And I think it may well have been what they were going for. These performances don't happen by accident. It's not like someone just says, oh, you know what? We should put Rihanna in something red. You guys go choose. And we're going to put all the dancers in something white. You guys go choose the white things too. And they all just end up looking like they look and a choreographer does the dancing and someone else does the set design and the whole thing comes together. It's not how it is. It's one big program. They decide what they're going to do, what the theme is going to be, and then they produce it. And I have to wonder if we have just witnessed the world's first mass public sterility ritual. Maybe they are just wishing sterility on everyone. Maybe we're just all supposed to think about sterility so that when we find out that's what the vaccines did, we're like, yeah, we knew that was going to happen and we're kind of okay with it. You got 200 of these white little sperm dancing around all over the football field and Rihanna the big red vagina. And hey, guys, I'm sorry. There's only one way to talk about this, right? I'm not trying to be crass. It's just it is what it is. But Rihanna's the the red vagina who comes closer and then further away. <laughs> you never quite get there. Oh, now she's floating off into the ceiling. Goodbye, Rihanna. So call me crazy. But all of that, that entire display as a whole 
strip the game out of it and think about what it is you actually watched. That was nuts. You can take a psychedelic trip and not go that far into a false reality. Now, all of that should have been enough to distract people from a more real reality for the weekend, but it wasn't. So we had the sky circles too. Now, what could these things be distractions from? There are just so many. The COVID vaccine narrative is completely falling apart. A paper came out from Correlation Research in Canada that asserts, quote, in the report, the vaccine dose fatality rate, the ratio of vaccine induced deaths to vaccine doses delivered in a population from the COVID-19 vaccines is found to increase exponentially with age and be close to 1% for the oldest age group. That's one death in every hundred doses of the vaccine for the oldest age group. The authors also estimate a global total of approximately 13 million deaths from the COVID-19 vaccines. Well, that's a whole lot of death for a vaccine that isn't a vaccine and wasn't ever necessary. You had the Twitter hearings last week, the weaponization of government hearings, the Biden document scandal, things falling apart in Ukraine. And then we have a massive toxic chemical disaster in Ohio from this train that we are told was derailed. But it seems like there's something more going on there, too. And I wanted to get deeper into that today, but I'm going to save it for later this week. There have been some great threads written about it. If you want to know more, one is from Woke Societies, who's uh, a contributor to Badlands. You can find him on Twitter. And then Kanakoa the Great on Twitter has put out some good information on this as well. But there's crazy stuff happening absolutely everywhere. And what do we get in mass culture this weekend? A football game and sky circles. And while they may be distracting from other important issues, the fact that they still have the power to capture the public consciousness at the same time means that we have to contend with them. We can't just completely ignore them. We don't want to obsess over them. We don't want to have emotional reactions to them. And we certainly don't want to be scared of them. But we can't ignore them. So hopefully we won't have to address the sky circles too many more times unless it turns out that they are aliens. And then, hey, the show's probably going to be over at that point. So what are you going to do? And hey, maybe we'll never have to talk about the Super Bowl again either. Maybe yesterday was the absolute last hurrah for that kind of bread and circuses entertainment in our culture I kind of doubt it, but at least we have something to hope for. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. 
and I'll see you soon out on the range. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!